should a government be allowed to uh, enforce mandates, uh, vaccinations on her populace? I mean, we're supposed to wear pants in public, and we're generally, I think, okay with that uh, that mandate. Yeah, because like it, there, it's literally a law. You have to not, have, you know, public indecency is a thing. It's a crime, you know. And so, have you tested the theory? And I did. I, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone raise that as an argument uh, in support of these mandates, and I, I understand where they're coming from with the logic. But I also would love to kind of dive in as, together here. Like, what what is the the dent in that logic? Like, why doesn't that work? <laughs> This episode of the Awakened Catholic Men's Show is sponsored by Select International Tours. We've got two tours coming up, a river cruise in Paris, as well as a pilgrimage to the Holy Lands. You can find information at selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Hey, thanks for being here. We'll see you there. Okay, gentlemen, I think we're ready. We're all nice and warmed up. Let's do it. Rob, are you going to introduce our first topic for the evening? Didn't, isn't like a triune topic? What? What? The The topic? Tell me if I have the topic right. Sounds good. We are going to talk about masks, vaccines, and mandates. Yes. So first I'd like to say I think we could all, you know, spend more time in male friendship. So I am all for mandates. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. I just don't think we spend enough time together. (laughs) Um, The more mandates, the better. So so you like vaccine mandates? Like where we – Go together to get a vaccine? Is that the kind of mandates that you're talking about? I, I don't you know. I, <laughs> that just sounds weird. I think, I think we need a yeah. Can you have a beer afterwards? Is that? <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the topic, the topic we're going to talk about today is masks, vaccines, and mandates. Um, we recently had a bunch of mandates come oh. out uh, from the president and uh, the federal government and Pete talked about him. Everybody, everybody's talking about it. There's all sorts of feelings. Um, you know, there's certainly sides of the fence and everywhere in between on these subjects. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're supposed to talk about tonight. Good introduction, Rob. A lot of people have been asking me like, what do we do? Um, and so wait, 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 time out. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, Pete, what do we do? Yeah. Like they're looking to you <laughs> to have the answers. Someone came to my office today and they're like, they're upset about it. They're frustrated by it. I'm very frustrated by a mandate for employers with a hundred employees or over will have to receive the vaccine uh, or have to take and uh, get a test every single week so that they can prove that they're negative. So there's like so much at play as far as like, all right, the current pandemic we're in COVID-19, the Delta variant that we're experiencing. And then just like the principal question, like, should a government be allowed to uh, enforce mandates, uh, vaccinations on her populace? And so, like, there's a lot of different ways we could kind of go with it or whatever. Uh, we could build our way up, start with uh, the mask thing that's going on and stuff if yeah. we want to first. But oh, Yeah, because a question there, right, obviously is <clears throat> we certainly let the governments mandate some things. You know, we have laws. We, we're supposed to work. Can't hear me at all? I am very far away. Is it? The, okay, well. Is he working now? I mean, we're supposed to wear pants in public. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we're generally, I think, okay with that uh, that mandate. But so, so like, it's not an issue of mandates 
per se, but an issue of at, at what level, at what point is there a, a line crossed where th this is too much, this is too invasive, this gets too close to the sovereignty of the individual or the family or the locality? Uh, and that's sort of one of the questions here is, you know, do, do, do pants cross the line? Do masks cross the line? Do vaccines cross the line? And where who determines that and why? Yeah, where is that line? Yeah, yeah, because like it, there, it's literally a law. You have to not, have, you know, public indecency is a thing. It's a crime, you know. And so I haven't tested the theory. And I did. I, I saw. <laughs> I saw someone raise that as an argument uh, in support of these mandates, and I, I understand where they're coming from with the logic but i also would love to kind of dive in together here like what what is the the dent in that logic like why doesn't that work right so i mean that that's a that's a, a thought experiment in one direction like yeah. we're all okay with pants right as a mandate but certainly we could probably come up with some hypothetical other extreme where none of us are on board right like if the government mandated, I mean, fill in the blank with the ridiculous thing that you would not be cool with the government mandating. Right. So we've got our two b boundaries. The question is, what is the line in the middle? Well, yeah, what's our ridiculous thing? Ridiculous scenario. <laughs> well, us, the state of Australia right now, like they arrested a group of teenagers because they went outside at sunset. Like you're not allowed outside the house at a certain point if you're at a certain age. Like they have a total lockdown in that country right now. They're They're tracing everybody. Um, and so they're a Western democracy, which has accepted kind of some totalitarian measures to in the you know idea of, of safety. Um, and I think you know sometimes it's like you know you said you said mentioned like can we find the middle here? And I think it is important to find the middle. But sometimes the extremes on one end or the other is actually the right thing to do. Um, so the question is like does the current situation with a with a virus that for many age groups, I mean, the survival rate is 98%, 99% for the majority of age groups. That's what it is. Unless you have some comorbidity factors, you're, you know, you're older, uh, you're overweight, uh, you have asthma, things of that nature. Is this a scenario where we can say, well, yeah, we, everybody should be wearing masks to protect those people. Everyone should be wearing um, or everyone should be getting the vaccine. And are those things themselves, are they actually efficacious to keeping people safe? So, you know, President Biden came out just yesterday and he said, like, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, personally, as a Catholic, I'm, I'm waiting for a vaccine that's developed not using aborted fetal cells at all. So there is an ethical connections or tied, even though the church has said it's morally listed to take it because of the conditions of the pan pandemic. But two, I'm also just waiting for a couple more years of study um, based upon what the individuals who are pushing these mandates have said in the past and how they haven't been consistent and how they've actually quite frankly lied before Congress and to the American people about what they have or have not been doing in the midst of all of this. So it makes it really hard for me to trust the public authorities that are saying, yeah, we definitely need to have this mandate, particularly when the vi the, the, the vaccine itself, it doesn't stop you from getting hearing. <laughs> it's scary. Replay that. Um, but no, you're good. Um, I think what's, tough for me is the vaccine itself right now, it doesn't actually stop you from getting the sickness. It lessens your symptoms, which is a good thing. And so far what we've seen is it's proven to do just that. It will lessen your symptoms, um, which is great. It's awesome. And praise God for that because that'll keep some people from dying. But it's not keeping you from transmitting the disease to other people, including the unvaccinated. So the, the, the story we're being pushed a lot is that this is a uh, pandemic now of the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. When if you're actually unvaccinated, you know, if you get sick that you shouldn't go outside your home, you shouldn't be talking with other right. people. 
But if you're vaccinated and you've got some symptoms, you might, well, that you may just common cold. So you go out and you actually end up spreading the virus. So in this circumstance, like for those practical reasons, I say like this is a government overreach based upon what we know about the actual virus. There could be some circumstances like, you know, I'm trying to think of a, another um, large, I mean, the Spanish flu, which was much more deadly. Could we argue during the Spanish flu that we would be comfortable with the government mandating a vaccine for the general populace for their protection? Would you be on board with that? I would still feel really uncomfortable about it, but I think it would be more digestible to even begin the conversation. Because there's, yeah, there's sliding scales here. There's, there's sort of like, you'd think that, in, that objectively there'd be some line that would never be okay to cross. Right, it would never be okay for the government to mandate something that is actually evil, like to mandate abortion for somebody or something like that. To mandate something that in itself is not just you know, like neutral, like what China has done evil. with the one child policy. Right. And, That's always yeah. out evil. It doesn't matter yeah. the circumstances. There's no circumstances that would make it okay for the government to mandate something evil. Now, to get a vaccine is obviously not evil, but the question is, does it still fall somewhere in the in the spectrum of things where, even if things really are as bad as as some people think they are, would it then become okay for the government to mandate something like that? And again, so there's like there's, there's sliding scales that have to be a, kind of evaluated against each other here. Well, and this is really like sacrosanct too, because this goes to like the, the heart of the pro-choice argument, my body, my choice, which I tend to agree with in the context like your body, if you don't have this, if you can't make the decision about what you do or do not do with your body, like that's a dangerous place if the government is telling somebody what to do. Now, that argument falls short because there ends up being another body involved in the abortion decision. So you come back and you can say, well, during this pandemic, there's other bodies involved. And so we do have to care for the common good. Like, is this um, does this meet the criteria that it's a good thing? It's a charitable thing. And, and where the church has landed on this you know, from our Holy Father on down, is that really they've been encouraging the vaccine. This is, this is for the common good. It's a charitable act. I think we're missing the boat a little bit as far as what we've been emphasizing. And this doesn't meet the threshold, at least for my own conscience, as I've read the church documents and stuff, as far as whether or not we should be taking this vaccine. I mean, the church teaches that vaccination is not morally obligatory in principle, and so must be voluntary. I mean, that's what they say about every vaccine, period. Mm. It's what the church teaches. Um, so how we've gotten to this point where now it's like it's an act of charity. And in fact, if you're not getting it, you don't care for the common good. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Where did that come from? Because that's right. not what I've been reading as far as our church documents for the past 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and someone I care about a, a lot, someone very close to me uh, had COVID um, like a month ago. And when they went to the ER, they were treated like second-rate citizens because they weren't vaccinated. I've seen a lot of cases of that. There, yeah. there was just this very blatant attitude towards them, like, like a yeah. It was, it was very sad. Did you see Jimmy Kimmel the other night? Was he's on oh, yeah. TV saying like, you know, they shouldn't get treated. I mean, you have people in the media saying if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't get treated. In no other illness or disease do we treat people that way. Oh, you're fat. We're not going to treat you for your diabetes, you know, or something of right. that nature. It's like, wait a minute. If you're a smoker, we're not going to treat you for lung cancer. You shouldn't have been smoking. No, like you treat everybody no matter what. But somehow we've gotten to this narrative in this country where they're trying to divide us so much mm -hmm. that – um, you know, the vaccinated are getting angry at the unvaccinated. And for me, as someone who is unvaccinated, like if you choose to get vaccinated, blessed be God, you, you form your conscience, you've made that choice. I'll support you in that. I don't think you made the right choice, but I'm not going to tell you that you're evil or a bad person for doing that. Yet that's exactly what I'm being told because I haven't been vaccinated. It's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, how do we get here? It's making me mad, Rob.
Yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see what you did? It's all your fault. What have I done? What do you think? Gosh, it's just, I mean, it just seems so complicated. And I, I would agree with you, Pete, and like just the way that people have treated each other in general has just been sad. Um, and we've seen that for through a lot of things in the past few years. Um, yeah, and just that respect and charity towards the other human person and the dignity that they have, no matter what. You know, I do think people draw different conclusions. You know, everyone processes information differently. You know, some people may be more comfortable with how the vaccine was developed, you know, they may say, well, we went from basically a ah, bad example, but like they may be more comfortable. You know, some people will walk into a situation and say, oh, that's fine. I'll buy that. Other people will hem and haw for like about four or five years about a thing. Right. Like there's definitely dispositions that go into being, you know, comfortable with making decisions and trying to make the right decision. Um, but the charity towards other people is, has been awful in many respects. And I, I just think, you know, more listening to other people is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that's what that's what I think. I yeah. So that. if we if we move away from vaccinations, per se, I mean, the government called for a two week window to flatten the curve, to stay in our homes and stuff. I mean, what responsibility do we have if our government authorities who are called to respect and listen to, I mean, that's a very biblical principle to listen to the rulers that God has placed above you in the realm of, if, you know, they're not making terribly immoral choices or uh, anything of that nature. And to say, if they believe to stay in your home is the best thing for the health and they're the experts, quote unquote, like, should we stay in our homes again? That's not, that's a... That's not an egregious ask in the context, as long as you're able to go to the grocery store and things of that nature. I mean, does that draw the line for us or is that acceptable that we would accept something of that nature? Like, is there that frog in the boiling pot scenario where the water is just gradually getting hotter and he never notices? And at what point do we say, wait a second, this isn't the United States anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've gotten to that point because, I mean, the government's been saying all along and, you know, again, just we have to use a concrete example. I mean, President Biden said as a candidate, we will not mandate vaccines. He said as recently as two weeks ago, the federal government's not going to mandate vaccines. Jen Posky, his uh, spokesperson, said that two weeks later, the vaccines are here. We've, we've been sitting in this boiling pot yeah. saying oh, it's just one more step. It's just one more step. I mean, what is next? If it's going to be a company of 100 people, why not 90? Well, and, why not 75? And, I mean, and people have to understand that. Like we all kind of agree that the polarization of the country sucks and that people being super suspicious uh, at each other really sucks. But they also have to realize that that's the, like we've we've created this scenario. You know, when, when you say things and then you, you flip flop and flip up over and over um, like you create all the, 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 the politicization of the last couple of years has created the scenario where rightly or wrongly people are like, how the heck am I supposed to believe you? Maybe that maybe I did five years ago or ten years ago, but how am I? How can I just take this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking too, when you were talking, Rob, um, is how the the language around the the vaccines. It again, it's become so political. It sounds like when we were in you know the election season, in the sense of um, people saying, you know, you have to vote this particular way, and if you don't, it means X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. about about you and your intentions, and you're wrong, and you're a bad person. And there was that same kind of pressure to 
um, you know, who, who cares, you know, what you think about this or what your conscience tells you or what research you've done, whatever. No, this is the one right, right way for you to choose. And again, I, I think well, there that are, was me. I was. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, well, but and we had lots of good conversations about that throughout the thing. But but the point is, is that voting, I mean, like getting a vaccine is a very personal thing. And we should be trying to inform people's consciences. Sure. Mm-hmm. But in the end, like that individual has to, with their conscience, go into the voting booth and make a decision like yeah. that's. And, and we need to be encouraging, you know, a freedom there and a responsibility, but not a pressure and a mandate and a, and a you know, the, again, the kind of vitriol towards someone who doesn't see it the way that we do. Yeah, and I, maybe I can do, say what I – maybe I was a little more hesitant to say before to Pete. Uh, you know, I, I would be hard-pressed. You know, I think it's a hard conclusion to draw, you know, that someone is wrong to get the vaccine and, and vice – what's that? I didn't say that. That they didn't make the right choice, that they've made the wrong choice getting the vaccine. I think that's a hard conclusion to draw well, for but, another person. And, and but in fairness, I, he was I'll, saying, like in his opinion, he feels that they might have made the wrong choice. But therefore, yeah. you can say in his, in my opinion, all day. Anyway, I think it's a hard conclusion to draw, and vice versa for those who would say because you didn't get the vaccine, you have made the wrong choice. You know, I. I just think there's not a lot of, uh, what do you say, openness to people wrestling in that discernment and making a decision on something that, you know, like we see the science presented on all sides and there's a lot to wrestle with. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that the trouble is like we're responsible for the knowledge that we, we have or we don't have. And I feel like the church has done a bad job or just the society, the government, everybody's done a bad job of like, actually spending time to research and to go deep into the vaccines, where they came from, uh, where this virus has come from, the individuals in charge of our governmental decisions, and looking into these questions and making really good informed decisions. And I think we make the same mistake when it comes to voting and elections. We don't, Catholics in general, don't take the time to really look at these issues, these candidates, and there's blind spots, and we just kind of ignore some issues that we should be paying attention to. I talked to a Catholic two months ago, who was telling me that, that Joe Biden is pro-life. And I'm like, have you looked at any of his track record? Have you looked at the way he's voted? Have you looked at his statements? And he would not believe me that Joe Biden actually supports uh, the abortion procedure. Um, he said, well, no, he doesn't really. I'm like, he supports abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. That's his stated public policy. He said, no, that's not really true. I'm like, what do I got to do? You know, I can take you to the website. I can show you the Democratic Party platform. Like at some point, we do have to like take responsibilities individuals to make the best choices possible. And I think some people in the vaccines or voting, like they're, we're not doing that. We're just settling to listening to the experts when it's really incumbent upon us to do the research we haven't been doing. Hey, you've made it this far through the Awakened Catholic Men's Show. <laughs> this is sponsored by Select International Tours. You can find more information about the upcoming two tours to Paris and the Holy Lands at selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. And now, back to the show. What do you think about, in terms of the moral licitness um, related to the use of aborted fetal cells and stuff, what do you think about, like, Someone made an, uh, an argument to me the other day that, like, I know doesn't resolve the issue, but to them it was like, here's how I make this work in my head. Um, the idea that the, the, the babies weren't killed for the purpose of being used this way, but having been killed, it's like bringing some meaning to their death by using them to help people. Uh, 
this doesn't satisfy me at all, but I'm curious how you'd respond to that, guys. Yeah, the first thing I would I say. Wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would defer to Pete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like eating fruit from the poison tree, right? I mean, the, the original act, the moral evil in this act is something so serious um, that the church, again, teaches that you have a general moral duty to refuse the use of any medical product, including certain vaccines that are produced using human cells derived from direct abortions. Okay, again, that's directly from church documents and teachings. Like we recognize that this is a terrible moral thing that happened. An example that I like to use to help people understand or appreciate, I mean, imagine if, uh, you know, during the Rwandan genocide, one of the groups of people just murdered the other group of people and they're like, let's go ahead and experiment on their body. And they did and they preserved some of those cells and we still use those cells today for the advancement of medical products. I would be like, I don't want any part of that there. But that's exactly what we've done with abortion. And it doesn't really register for us because abortion is so part of our culture. It's so a part of who we are as a society. We're just kind of used to these things. I mean, the fact that the University of Pittsburgh has taken baby scalps and is placing them on rats just to see what will happen when we do that. Aborted fetus scalps, we cut them off and then we put them on rats and we say, oh, let's see what happens. Like, and there's not, there's not an outrage about it. There's, there's no comeuppance about it. It's just kind of like, oh, that's so sick or disgusting. And we just kind of move on. But that's a society we're living in much like, like during slavery in this country. It's just, it's part of our culture that to, to look at that issue and say, this is disgusting, wrong. We shouldn't have any part of it. Like people are like, whoa, wait a minute, you're radical. Mm -hmm. I'm actually like, I think that's where we're called to be. Ha now, oh, good. Has hasn't the, has the church said that, that people are are permitted to take the vaccines if they want to because of the direness of the situation? Is that yeah? That's that's the key point. Is that the USCCB in their uh, document said this reaches the level by which we can say it's morally licit. So if you say it's morally licit, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that it's right but that's morally permissible to do and you're not sinning if you do it because of the seriousness of the situation that we're in you know with uh, how many number of people dying so on mm -hmm. and so forth in the so. youtube chat uh kevin on the drums says even kevin. if the person is dead experimenting on them goes against their human dignity same with aborted babies well and again that's uh, so uh, again my understanding was and i'm not sure if you have it in the documents there is that again the, the church has said that because of the direness of the situation it, it is Licit for people to receive the vaccine, and so if you if you if you if that's if that's what your conscience tells you to do, then do it. But it also it was included in that that we we should be making our voices heard and saying we're not okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like we shouldn't be letting this normalize uh, some of the the originations of these vaccines. And so again, even if you are getting the vaccine, you need to add your voice to saying to those companies that hey, we we we're not going to accept um, this. Uh, undignity, uh, this travesty against the dignity of human life. Yeah, that's the final two points I would make on that is that one, I mean, we're, we're actually required, we're morally obligated. And this is where I feel like we've, we've fallen flat as a church to like actually go directly to the company and say to the company, like if we do get a vaccine, like, please do not do this. Let our dissent be made, made known. Don't develop vaccines in this manner. I mean, how many Catholics have you heard are actually doing that, right? Um, so that's one. The second thing is, you know, back to Rob's point, um, which I think is a really important one. Like as much as I want to, um, and I was even telling, I was in a meeting today at work and I'm just like, let's just mandate that people pray. Like they have to come you know, <laughs> and, and pray. If you're going to work for our organization, which is a Catholic one, you should pray. 
Um, but it's like the, the conscience in Catholic teaching is so sacred. Was it Newman called it like the vicar of Christ? Like the conscience is so sacred. A person is morally Morally required to obey his or her uh, sure conscience, even if it errs. Even if it errs. That's a strong statement there, church. so, So that's, I think, bringing it back to like how important it is that we do form our conscience, that we do take time to study, to research as best we can, and not just accept what the experts say, um, and, and really take that time to make sure that we're studying and understanding these issues as best we can. And, and again, praying for other individuals that may disagree with us, see it differently, see the, the data differently, interpret the data mm-hmm. differently. People who we want to, we continue to uh, encourage them to inform their conscience, and we try to be, we try to help with that formation, just as we, you know, welcome our own formation. But then we also do have to get to a place where we accept. If, a, if that person in their conscience has chosen differently on, 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 on voting or on the vaccine, we need, to, we need to pray for them and give them to God and not let that turn to browbeating them you know, or demonizing them or vilifying them and contributing to the polarization of the country. Because, again, maybe with the exception of if there's scandal, right? Like if, if, I'm, if, if I run into Joe Biden on an elevator, President Joe Biden, um, and I know where he stands – Right. And he's the leader of the free world. Well, it's a, it's a discernment as to again when yeah when is a person really clear in their conscience and and and, and that's an example of where it's just so obvious in out in front of everybody yeah. where you're saying this but you're doing this. Right. I mean, as you've pointed out, Pete, like that that's just such an obvious scandal, an obvious uh, it just it just doesn't match up. Whereas it's a little different again with I, I think even with the voting stuff where because of the, just the difficulty of all that information, like I I can understand how a family member. Could come to very different conclusions than me on some on some of the votes that we've had in my lifetime. Like I can understand that there's just a lot of multiplicity, a lot of murkiness there. But I think in that example that you guys gave, I mean, there's just an obvious scandal there of right. of saying one thing, you know, and then obviously doing and saying something that is completely contradictory to it. Yeah. So we have uh, we have less than ten minutes. Mm. We have eight minutes left on this topic. Okay. 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 Uh, and so. With this remaining eight minutes, let's talk about the mandate portion of this. Right, right, right. So, uh, viewers, listeners, um, if if you want to share with us in the comments, whether you're watching now in the live stream or in the recording afterwards, share with us. Uh, you know, maybe you are an employee of an employer that has a hundred or more employees, yeah. and you are one of those hundred or more, and you are faced with a decision maybe that you weren't expecting to have to make. Um, for some people, it could literally mean getting the vaccine or getting fired um, or getting tested once a week. Um, and so I'm curious for you guys to share with us in the comments, how do you feel about that? And how do you think you're going to find yourself responding to that? Um, and if we could kind of talk here, like how, how should we approach this? Uh, I talked to someone, uh, Al Caperna yesterday, who runs a lot of businesses in Northwest Ohio and across the country, actually. And he's taking a ton of legal action right now against i mean hours after the announcements were made last night he was already like go get him out he had a legal team getting ready and um but anyways what do you guys think how do we deal with this how you know how does the diocese dealing with this and how is all of that i yeah i i'm not that high up on the the food (laughs) chain but uh you know i do think i mean one issue here is like the enforcement of this i mean how does the government even enforce that 
so they've they've talked about a fourteen thousand dollar fine for every. I mean, it's that would put a business out of business if right. you do that to certain individuals. So that's one piece. Like, how do you ever even enforce this? And it, it makes me think almost like, like even President Biden's speech the other night that he gave to announce this. It didn't seem to be a speech that was attempting to convince people to actually get the no. vaccine, but more plain to like the base of people who are vaccinated who want the unvaccinated to get vaccinated. Like he looks into the camera, he's like, "What? What are you waiting for?" And it's yeah. like, "Well, there's a lot of things that I'm waiting and, and for." The, you and know? The, the vaccinated, he said, "Didn't he say that the vaccinated need to be kept safe from the unvaccinated?" Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of like, I "Isn't thought, that what the vaccine?" I thought does? the vaccine was supposed to do that. <laughs> Sorry, just, yeah. just, just. By the way, Mike Tenney says he misses us. Oh, I love yeah. you, Mike. We miss you, Mike. Mike, oh, Mike, we'll get Mike back here soon. Yeah, as you were. No, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think. Um, well, the vibe, right? Like the vibe in his in his presentation was just so hostile, and it was not, "Hey, team, hey, country, let's rally around this and figure this out." It was like. There are two different sides, and you are on one of those sides. There are there are those who are in and those who are out. Which one are you? We're going to war with each other. Like that's how that felt to me. Right. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to be able to uh, enforce it. Uh, number one, uh, which is a challenge, but uh, you know, number two, I think it just it violates um, the the rights of business owners to make decisions for their business that they want to make what's best for their employees and stuff. So there's like an issue of subsidiarity as well. It's like we, the federal government is coming in and telling individuals you must do this or you could potentially you know lose your job now i haven't taken one of the covid what, tests before can, can i throw this out there what's the distinction can. between that and osha because what? i do feel like like osha requires us to do things in the workplace everybody mm -hmm. and there are fines associated with different things that could happen um and and you know there is a sense i have of overreach too far but like I guess it's 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 a difficult thing for me to pinpoint like how to define that. Where's that line? Because we do have things like this, mm -hmm. but this is like yeah, like we're you know, pants. I gotta imagine when like yeah, we never answered the pants question. I mean, that's yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> right, but I gotta imagine like when something like maybe the seatbelt law came into place. I gotta imagine there was a gradual ad adoption of this law over time. You know, it wasn't like everyone was vigilant. I don't know. There's just something about the atmosphere that makes this incredibly difficult. I, in a sense, it yeah. seems violating. That was a perfect entry point there for you, Rob, because someone had just said in the chat that they wanted to know what you thought about this. Uh, and they also said that we need more whiskey. We need whiskey at all. We actually, this is the first men's show I've ever not had whiskey for, and I'm so sorry, boys. Um, so if someone is We're local and uh, watching this live stream and wants to bring us some whiskey. Oh, we actually don't have whiskey. We literally don't oh have whiskey. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I know. Well. Uh, so if you want to bring us some whiskey, uh, shoot an email to info at awakencatholic.org to get the information about how to so, get it to I us. mean, this is kind of the fundamental problem with men's nights is that men are planning them. Yeah. You know, you know, so. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I guess – you know, even to, even to back up a little, you know, to share my position, because it is a little different. I did get vaccinated. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I have. I have. I okay, think, I'm out of here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Rob is not amused. <laughs> but I, you know, I guess, you know, for me, like, I was resistant for a long time. You know, I know, like, we had some, you know, I was looking at potentially traveling outside of the country later in the year, um, which may be required or at least facilitated by getting the vaccine. Uh, and, you know, it really seemed, stood to me as a wager in my mind of like, do I know that it's effective and it's really helping people? 
And I'm like, there's so much out there. You know, I there probably are less deaths. Um, the value for someone of my age and health, it seems kind of uncertain to me. Right. Um, you know, and then the other side is like, well, I'm not really – there's the idea that the vaccine is like a bad thing. It's killing people. We need to test it more. To me, like – that it's hard for me to see that and say maybe that's overstated or it's a remote possibility similar to getting COVID and dying. And I'm not particularly concerned, you know, mm -hmm. what comes there. You know, I'm willing to accept uh, ill outcome from COVID or the vaccine. I won't seek it. But, I, you know, I just took a wager and I just felt like getting the vaccine didn't seem to me to be a great ill. Uh, and I wasn't certain that it was good. Maybe there's a minute good that's a, that's achieved by it. You know, for someone of my age, mm -hmm. understanding the spread and like everything I've read. Mm -hmm. um, again, that's not not bringing into the whole, you know, cell line topic. Yeah. Um, well, and at least one of the goods is that you informed your conscience and you thought and prayed through it and then you made a choice. And, and, it, that, and I still made that choice, and that not with and, not with complete certainty. Yeah, well, we never have complete certainty, but that would I would say that's a virtuous choice that you made because it in terms of the, the process, like that's. But I, but I would say like Rob, just like anybody, anyone around the table, like we have. There's a level of education I think we should do, and there's a level of certainty that we should try to achieve before we make a a moral decision, whatever that moral decision might be. So. Like just a, like if if you went around and I'm not saying you did this, hold but on. If you went, okay. if you went, uh, just based upon, like, okay, the government said it was okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and and go do it. I would say, well, that's that's a malformed conscience when it comes to making this particular decision. But if you spend some time researching and you form your conscience, looking at what the church had to say about it and listening to what the church had to say, and you're like, yeah, this is the decision that. I think is right and moral and good. I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, but a great many people in the in the church have said they've encouraged it. You know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm not personally someone who's going to go and encourage it for other people. Or like, certainly, I don't want anyone to be mandated to do it. Yeah, you know, um, but it's certainly they've they've encouraged and said it's morally acceptable. Mm -hmm. Leaders in our church, mm -hmm. and I'm also not the type of person to like overly hem and haw about something for a long time. Like I'd like, I have to weigh things and move forward. And for me, I was comfortable getting the vaccine. But, and that's you mm -hmm. across the board, regardless of the topic, like you like to do, do what you can to educate yourself, make a decision mm -hmm. and move on. You don't want to just get stuck in this like vortex of, right. Is that. Yeah. And I, you know, I think there is the, some people have a tendency to like be so uncertain about a thing for so long to wrestle with it forever and to never do anything. Yeah, because the, the no, proper amount of, of wrestling, the proper amount of research, that too is a matter of conscience. Because you can't... You, Whoa, wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. Five hours? How do you know when you're done? hours? How do you know when you're done? 20 hours? Let me start Hold on. 50 hours? 100 hours? hours. I mean that too is a matter of, of prudential judgment and conscience. Like you have to, you have to have the, a good. No, no. He says no. I'm, I'm biting my. I'm no. just shaking my so head. So I've seen I'm like, live stream like from from other YouTube channels and stuff where there it's group like this and they have like systems where the people watching can like vote on who's winning. And I think we need to incorporate okay. that. Pete, how do you know when you're done? It's not researching? about winning. It's how do you know winning. when you've researched a topic enough? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that should be our next topic. Like looking at, <laughs> no, I think we could dive into this uh, quite a bit. That is because, you know it for somebody I think, else. I think, yeah. In a Can you determine sense, yeah. how many how many hours should I have studied? Hold on. Yeah, when you're in a, when you're when you go to school, you're in a college classroom and, you, and you're learning a subject. Okay, it's not good enough just to pick up and and read the first page of the book. Okay, you you should read the book if you're going to actually be able to articulate and talk about what the book is about. You're speaking so there, to there are some baseline. Hold on, let me finish. A B there minus some, student. <laughs> there are some baseline requirements I think we have if we're taking a class about a particular book. If you're reading C.S. Lewis or something, like you should read the book. You should read about who C.S. Lewis is. So there are some baseline things we should expect. And, and then especially if you're talking about a, a moral decision, what you're injecting into your body, I would hope that we would approach it from a sense of like, I'm not just going to research for one minute uh, versus say an hour. Like I would say objectively that researching for an hour is better than researching for one minute on well, but, but, for a vaccine. Again, do you agree or but, disagree? But do you agree that a hundred hours is better than two hours and a thousand hours is better than a hundred hours and a million hours is better than a thousand hours? Yeah. No. <laughs> and Pete, and Pete, Pete, you're wrong. You're wrong, brother, because, because, wow. you, oh! <laughs> all right, brother, so, brother, you would have no put, time to pray. You would have no time to take care of your family. You'd have no time to do your job. You'd have no time to eat or sleep if you spend a million hours researching. So, I got so a lot of other things to do. No, like God's warm in here. Things, you'll never get to the end of that. If, if right. more is always just simply better, then you'll never get to the end of it. Okay. So, yeah, I, I said that in jest okay. to say, like, because you're, you're going on this, you're going on this rant, but you didn't answer my question. Like, is it better versus an hour versus one minute? And I think you can't research a topic like this in one minute. Well, so sure, sure. an well, hour did, did would be objectively better. You didn't answer the question. So you, so you just answered and you said, sure. So that's good. At least we can establish now some baseline. Okay. So we would well, say we vote for at me. least an hour would be better than one minute. Okay. okay? Sounds good. So maybe a million hours isn't as uh, efficacious Agreed. as if you do it for, you know, 20 or something based upon your state in life. Sure. But can't we all say that there is a fundamental basis we have to, we, we, it's very much Catholic church season. We have a fundamental duty to form our conscience. Absolutely. We, we can't abdicate that duty and just say, well, I'm just going to make the decision because the authorities told me to do it and or because the church said to do it. Like but we have a, who said you have a presumption that I would, I have said that and done that. No, simply? no. I, I said this in the beginning that when we were talking about like, you have a duty to form your conscience. And if you did it in such a way where you just kind of accept whatever gov the government was saying and you just looked I at the church and you just said, I weighed what everybody was saying. That's, that's perfect. And I said, if you did that, then that's a good moral decision. But if you didn't do it, then it's a bad moral decision. Well, how does he know if he's done, though? Yeah. How did he, when did I get to that point? If how does I could he know interject, that he can be um, done? And, and so we have a single vote so far, <laughs> which I didn't explicitly ask for these, but here it is uh, for, uh, for Rob. So <laughs> I just vote for Rob um, across but the board. What I wanted With to, no research, I just univocally <laughs> oh vote for Rob. Um, but what I wanted to interject with is what comes to mind for me is to connect this question to the discernment for your uh, vocation to marry or become a priest or whatever. Like if you're discerning, if you're in a relationship with someone or you're thinking about courting with someone um, for marriage, like you're discerning that there is literally never a point at which yeah. you, you could be with that person for 10 years before you finally pop the question and you still don't know yeah. that it's the right choice you have to do your best right and you could be with a person for three months and you 
you might know just as much as that other person after 10 years that this is the right person. Like, ideally, you don't wait 10 years, which is, I think, Rob's point. And ideally, you don't wait or you don't just do it, jump the gun after three months, which right. is Pete's point. Right. But, the, but the thing is that every marriage and every discernment process for that vocation looks totally different, which is John Mark's point. And I think that that is where we can all just kind of sing Kumbaya <laughs> together. And if I could get a vote from someone for that one, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> You got it. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Okay, guys, we did it. We went a little over time on that, but only by five minutes, so I'm proud Ooh. of us. In a neat little town they called Belfast, apprentice to trade, I was bound. Nick, you ought to sing this with me. I'm trying. And, and many an hour of sweet happiness I spent in that neat little town. Till the bad misfortune came o'er me. That, that caused me, me to stray from the land Far away from me friends and relations To follow the black velvet band Her eyes, they shone like diamonds You'd think she was queen of the land And her hair hung over her shoulders Tied up with a black velvet band our wonderful patrons here Cheers. is to you to your health Cheers. blessings of the patrons you don't yes. have anything Cheers. i know i need to fix that we I'm, only I'm about have to fix that the the problem here yes. we're drinking water it's all we could afford listen because of our patron level <laughs> <laughs> for as little as a hundred dollars a month oh my this, gosh this you could glass. get us green label <laughs> prime shelf alcohol so Check out uh, themenshow.com and please join our patron community. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen and yeah, Ladies are invited too.